All right, we're on on this uh, Friday evening, a football Friday of the first order. That's what divisional playoff weekend is, the best weekend of the year. Four big games abound, so you know what? You can kick back, although the weather in New York is going to be really crazy warm the next couple of days. I mean, it could be up to 70 degrees. Uh, I know that sounds insane, but it it actually could here in January. But uh, you have really four interesting games coming up, a couple that will be at least impacted a little bit by the weather. We'll give you an update on the weather uh, as far as the weekend goes. I'm sure you've heard plenty of analysis on all the games already. There's some key guys who are banged up. Now, one thing you know about divisional weekend is, or anything this late into the playoffs, any guy who can walk, who can basically stand up, is going to try and play. The question is, how healthy is he? You know, in the Viking game, is Thielen healthy on that ankle? He's got stitches in the ankle. Can he play, and can he play well? Can D. Ford shake off the injuries he's had uh, and the hamstring injury he's had? Um, you know, uh, is Clowney going to be able to play with that core injury? You know, he was such an instrumental factor last week in the win over the Eagles. Uh, can he be disruptive as Clowney can? Uh, the core injury, if you don't know, that is now the – Old sports hernia is now called the core injury, uh, and that's a tricky one and a hard one for athletic players, guys who have to move around a lot, strong guys. Uh, it's a tough injury to overcome, and we'll see how Clowney does. And Clowney's engine goes from zero to 120. Some days he's playing at 120, some days he's playing at around 10, and he's idling. So it depends on the day. Uh, Ingram's a big key for the Ravens. Is he healthy? I mean, that is a very big key. Will Will Fuller be healthy with that groin? Will he be there to at least be a decoy that will allow Hopkins to get free and be able to make the play so that when they have Fuller and Stills, and Hopkins in the routes, they pose a very, very big problem. And uh, Houston came out of last week's game banged up. Banged up in the secondary. uh, Banged up at tight end. Banged up at corner. So uh, it will be a tough game for them. Now, there's two injuries for the Chiefs to worry about, but they feel pretty good about both of them. Now, Morris Claiborne's out for them, you know that, but the, the two key guys, Chris Jones, who's got a calf, which is tricky, but sounds like he's okay, and Kelsey, who there's no way you could keep him out of the game, but he's got a tricky knee. You'll, you deal with that, and he should be okay uh, for the game. As far as the Seahawks, they got a lot of guys. They're very banged up. They're banged up on, uh, at the tackle position. They're banged up in the secondary, we mentioned Clowney, who's got that core problem. He's going to play. He's going to give it everything he's got. But you want to know if he's going to be able to be highly disruptive in this game. And you worry about that. The Packers are pretty healthy uh, for their game, as far as I can tell. Uh, Kenny Clark's a little banged up. But other than that, I think they're okay uh, for their game. But the Packers have been odd this year. They, you know, it. The thing about the Packers that's been so puzzling is the other parts of their game have been good at times, whether it's the running game, whether it's the pass rush, which has been outstanding, but they've been slow starting. They really have had trouble getting that offense led by what I think is, you know, as good a quarterback as we've seen come down the pike. Um, 
they've really struggled at times where they just, you watch them. Like even in that Lion game that they had to win the last week of the season, they're playing a Lion team that's, you know, basically got the cars double parked and they're down, you know, two scores and they can't move their offense and it takes them a while to get the game going and uh, that's tough. You know, the Niners look to have Quan Alexander back off injured reserve and D Ford back. When they had those two in the lineup, through nine weeks, they allowed 12 points a game. When they were missing those guys, they allowed 26 points a game. So if they have those guys back healthy, now they don't have everybody they had in weeks one through nine, but they have enough people where if they can get these guys, especially Alexander, ready to roll, uh, that is a big, big lift for them, an absolutely enormous lift for them as, as uh, Alexander comes off uh, injured reserve. And uh, Will Fuller will be a game-time decision for the Texans against the Chiefs. He will go out and test it and give it his best shot. You know, you're dealing with a groin. It's, it's very hard to say. Uh, you know, just like when you're dealing with uh, Joseph, he's dealing with a hamstring. You try. You go out. You give it your best shot. You see where you are. You see what you can get done. Um, right now, the four games, the uh, Niners are a seven-point favorite. The Ravens are a ten-point favorite. The Chiefs are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. And the uh, Packers are a now a four-and-a-half-point uh, favorite in the game that uh, pits the two guys the two guys who have won Super Bowls. Now, here's the latest on the weather, so let me give you this. Before we take a quick break, then we'll get into some analysis of the games. Um, Saturday games. San Francisco tomorrow. No precipitation. 55 degrees. Partly cloudy. Winds up to 15 miles an hour, so no problem there. As I told you in, uh, in Baltimore where along the Atlantic seaboard and into New England, the weather's going to be abnormally warm. It's going to be 66 degrees for the game. 66 degrees. I mean, that's, that's, you know, early October weather, not January weather for a playoff game. Very uh, light winds, under 10 miles an hour, no precipitation. So the weather, uh, not a factor. Now in Green Bay, the snow should be now out by game time is what they're saying. It could be snow in the stadium, but there should be no snow on the field during the game, and the temperature should be 21 degrees at game time. And there had been uh, a chance of a storm in Kansas City, but it sounds now like the storm will have blown through by game time, and now the weather will not be that bad in Kansas City. They have been talking about snow up to four inches during the game. That will not be the case now. The precipitation will have blown through before the game is played. Uh, They're talking about winds up to 10 miles an hour, but the temperature will be in the high 30s. So if that's the case, uh, let's be honest. If you get in the 20s at Green Bay and the winds are not that heavy, that's a very playable game. Kansas City sounds good, and the other two sound great. So it does not look now like the weather will be an issue anywhere of the four. There had been talk of the Midwest, while it's going to be very balmy uh, in the east, there had been talk of the Midwest being uh, very cold and with a chance of snowstorms hitting those cities uh, on Sunday. But now that is not the case, according to this last report, uh, Twenty. Uh, one degrees at game time in Green Bay uh, with 10% precipitation and light winds and high 30s in Kansas City. 
with the winds around 10 miles an hour and the precipitation down around 20% uh, in Kansas City. So it does not look like the weather will be a factor anywhere, which is good. I don't know if they have any problems with that. You know, it's interesting. You look at these games and you always center on the quarterbacks. Uh, you look at the matchup in Green Bay and you talk about the two guys who have won Super Bowls and whether they can uh, perform their magic again and get the team on their back and get their run and make the big plays late. And the idea of one of those two guys who have a knack for making plays late in games, you know, bringing their teams from behind. If they get the ball last, what will they do with it? And then the other young quarterbacks who are looking to establish themselves, whether you're talking about the stars, the guys who have gotten all the attention like Mahomes or Jackson, or the guys who have have tried to answer their critics and answer them with wins last week on the road. You're talking about Tannehill. You're talking about the much maligned Cousins, those guys. But in the games tomorrow, the fate of the two teams, without any question, without any question, centers on the play of their running backs. If Minnesota is going to pull the upset, the recipe for their success has got to be the same. San Francisco's pass rush is too good. They cannot have Cousins throwing the ball down after down. They have got to have a successful performance, a very good to dominant performance from Dalvin Cook, who was that good against the Saints last week. He's got to be able to get outside. He's got to be able to get him in the, in the screen game. He's got to be able to carry the ball 25 times. And if he's carrying the ball 25 times, it tells you that A, he's having it, Success running the ball because you don't run the ball that many times unless you're running it successfully. And B, what it tells you is that the other in the game. Because when you lose touch in the game, if you get down, and that's the thing you fear as the road team is getting the knockout punch. You get down 10, 13, 17 points. What goes is the running game. You got to play catch up. All of a sudden you throw the running game away. They don't want to do that. Zimmer wants to stick to his knitting. He wants to run the football. And even if they should get down early, even if they should turn it over and get behind 10 points or 14 points, God forbid, they will continue to run the football because that's their chance. And that is even more so the case for Tennessee. You saw how little Tannehill threw the ball last week. Threw it for 72 yards. You win a playoff game throwing it for 72 yards. Why? Because your running game was outrageous in a low-scoring game. But the thing is, he made the play he had to make. Third and eight, Pat's looking to get the ball back. They took Henry off the field, which I didn't think they would do, and I didn't think it was smart. At least let him be a decoy there, that he's going to catch a pass in the flat or that he's going to run the ball on a sweep. Make him play that. Because he can get eight yards on a sweep. It was third and eight. They took him out. They needed a first down. Otherwise, the Pats were going to get the ball back with a couple of minutes left. And instead, Tannehill makes a confident pass to the tight end and game, set, match. That was the biggest pass he ever threw in his life. Just the same way Cousins not only hit Thielen with the big pass play, but then hit Rudolph on third down with the big pass play and exercised so many of the demons. So these two guys were able to do that last week. Now they're back for more bolstered by the fact that now they've gotten this attention and they've been able to have this early success. So now, are they confident performers where they won't hit wonders or they have more of that left? They have more of that to give and they're ready to make big plays for their team again. But in those two games, in Minnesota, Cook's got to get it 25 times. In Tennessee, 
as Tennessee takes on Baltimore on the road as 10-point underdogs, he's got to carry the ball over 30 times. Or I don't think they can win. Last week he carried it 34 for 182 against a very good New England defense. 34 for 182. He's going to need that kind of game again if they're going to pull off the upset. You know, this has been uh, depicted now on this divisional playoff weekend uh, as the changing of the guard a little bit because the Pats left, because Brady's not there, and then Breeze unceremoniously went out too. So the two guys who have been the record breakers and the 40-year-old guys aren't there, and there are new guys there. So you have some new faces like, you know, Lamar Jackson there, of course, and Deshaun Watson there, who are 23 and 24 24 years old. And you have Mahomes there, of course, who's still a baby himself at 24 years old. You know, Tannehill's been around a block. He's He's over 30 years old, but the other three guys are young. And this is the first time since 2006 that you don't have at least one, uh, more than one quarterback in this round who has at least 10 years' experience in the league. Um, that's only Rodgers, who's been in the league 15 years, you know, and is a lot older than the other guys. I mean, Cousins banged around. He's over 30. Russell's over 32 because he, you know, and even Garoppolo, you know, is not, is not that young. He's 28. He's not like the other guys. He's, you know, he's because he, he sat and he got hurt and he bided his time and took him a while to get here. So you have some new faces, but, you know, it's more than just the chronological numbers for these guys and the ages. It's the fact that there's no Tom Brady. There's no Drew Brees. Eli Manning's gone. Peyton Manning's gone. Roethlisberger is not there. So a lot of the quarterbacks who have been there, you know, and in, you know, have been front and center with Brady obviously being the main one because he was there so often. But, you know, Peyton won a couple. Eli won a couple. Roethlisberger won a couple. You know, you had guys, you know, that were always bouncing around, always, you know, guys who were fixtures as far as, you know, doing these things. And now the names are different. Now it's Mahomes and Watson and Jackson and surprisingly Tannehill, who everyone thought was a journeyman and may still be, but right now, you know, he is having his moment right now. Garoppolo, I think... You know how high I was on Garoppolo, and I I still am extremely high on Garoppolo. What I like about Garoppolo more than anything else is he's not a number guy. He's not a guy that's looking to put up a bunch of 500-yard passing days. He's not a guy looking to put up, you know, 40 touchdown passes. What Garoppolo is looking to do is win the game. Whether I do it in the fourth quarter and I didn't do a thing all day, whether I do it with one pass, whether I do it with my legs, whether I do it by hook or by crook, I want to win the game. And that's what you want. You want resourcefulness from your quarterback so that no matter what it takes, he does whatever it takes to get his team in the end zone. That's it. That's all you're looking to do. That's all it comes down to. Nothing else. And this year you do still, you know, have, you know, with Wilson and Cousins. And, you know, you got a little vindication there with Cousins. Let's be honest, Cousins had been a nightmare going into last week. And he made some plays last week. Made the throw, you know, down the field. Was well-placed the ball, put it in the right spot. You know, made the play there. 
then got the ball up to Rudolph, whether you thought it was pass interference or not, and that offensive in that spot or not. He still made the plays. As did, I, I know everyone wants to talk about that Tannehill only had 72 yards passing, which he did, but that's all it took. The bottom line is when he had to make a throw that with the game is on the line, he made the throw. That's what it's about here. That's what it'll be about this weekend. It'll be about that third and 13 play. Can you step up? Can you, as Watson did last week, shake off that pass rush? spin out of that grasp, and then make the play that's such a decisive play. Now, maybe you're not gonna, everybody's not going to do it with the excitement and the abandon that, that Watson did. But the same idea, do you make the clutch play? Because that's how you get to be a championship quarterback, is when you, you know you're going to face some close games. These games are close a lot. That's why if you are jumping on the points in these games with Kansas City and, and uh, Baltimore, I'm not surprised. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of these games are close. Look at last week. I mean, the games were really close. Even, even the New England game, which turned out to sound like it was a wider game, it really wasn't. It was a one-point game. Nobody scored in the second half until that crazy play at the end. But, I mean, think about it. Nobody had scored at all. And the Pats really lost that game. In that segment that has been their dominant space, the Pats have lived by scoring late in the first half, getting the ball in the second half and scoring again, and then have put up about a nine or a ten-point cushion. Instead, in this game, they have first and goal inside of four minutes, down on the goal line. They're about to go up 17-7. They go up 17-7 in that game. You'll never convince me they don't win it if they go up 17-7 in that game. Instead... They settle for a field goal, and Tennessee comes back and pounds and pounds and pounds Henry down the field and gets a touchdown. And instead of going in down 17-7, they go in up 14-13. Turned out to be game, set, match. Really did. I mean, it's, it can be that. These games can be that tight where one play. Just think about, think about the play that Garoppolo made the kill in the New Orleans game after New Orleans had taken the lead. If that didn't happen, they're playing last week. New Orleans isn't playing last week. New Orleans is facing a different opponent as they start the playoffs and might well be on their way to a Super Bowl. So it was that, it's that play that makes that big a difference. So much of this can come down to one bounce of the ball or, sadly and unfortunately, one quarter, you know, one official's call. You know, did they blow the ball dead here? Did they call it the wrong way on the field so now they're not going to change it? And that happens a lot. That's critical too. You know, people don't pay enough attention to that. How it's called on the field turns out to be critical because they don't want to change these plays. And they're only going to do it when it's overwhelming. So the way they call it turns out to be critical because most times that winds up standing anyway. As far as the four games, I think San Francisco wins, but I think it's inside the number. I would take uh, San Francisco to win but by four points. Uh, I think Tennessee will put up a good fight. 
I think that's the trickiest one as far as on the number because the number is 10. It's a lot of points. Very tricky game. I would probably go with Baltimore. I don't like laying 10 points ever in a game. But I just think that game might get away from Tennessee in the second half. I think Baltimore's got so much momentum going, and they've become such a margin team this year. They'll probably, after a tough first half and a tough fight there, come back and win that game. Maybe going away in the second half. I like I like Kansas City. I think Houston's going to have a hard time, especially in their secondary. And I think the thing is Houston needs to attack and needs to make big plays with Hopkins and Fuller if he's healthy in this game. Houston's not going to beat you with their running game. Now, Watson can make a play with his feet, absolutely. We know he can. But they're going to win by making big, big pass plays. And you're not going to beat Kansas City by out, trying to out-big play them. That's not how you're going to beat them. You're going to beat them by beating them up, controlling the line of scrimmage, shortening the game, the way Tennessee would model it. That's the way you beat Kansas City. You're not going to beat them in a wide-open shootout. You just They have too many ways of beating you. And they're home, and they've got lightning quick players, and they have a very talented quarterback, and a very talented play caller. So I, I think I'd be very surprised if Kansas City doesn't, you know, put up a, you know, thirty-four twenty-ish kind of game. And then uh, Seattle Green Bay should be interesting. Uh, could definitely be. Wouldn't be surprised if it's a tight game. That's a tricky number, too, right there. Four is always a tricky number. Because um, you probably got to win by seven. And I could see them getting a backdoor cover. I could see them uh, being late and scoring. Uh, so that one, I think, is uh, very tricky. But I think Seattle's too banged up. So I think Green Bay wins it probably you know, by a touchdown late. Or... I'd say they, they probably win it because I just think I think Seattle's got too many injuries. I just think they won a game last week. And that was a, you know, they weren't impressive in the game, but they had enough. They're just very banged up in a lot of spots, and I think uh, it'll be too hard for them to uh, get the job done. So um, uh, I like the home teams this week. Um I would take Minnesota on the points. I'm this way, that way on the Baltimore-Tennessee one. I haven't really decided on that one yet. And the Sunday games, I like the favorites. The Saturday games, uh, um, I like Minnesota on the points. The other game, um, I haven't decided yet on the Tennessee game. The other two on Sunday, I would take uh, Kansas City and Green Bay. I think the, the games will go their way. And although you might get burned on a, a late touchdown or something or get burned on a back to a cover, that's the way it goes. If you do, you do. But I think uh, Kansas City and Green Bay are going to win. Uh, now, remember, you got a big game coming up on Monday night. We'll preview that on uh, Monday on the program. Obviously, an enormous game with LSU and Clemson. Fascinating because most people don't think that it, Clemson, with all of its winning, and all the success they've had, and the fact that they have this special quarterback of their own, nobody thinks they can slow down this LSU juggernaut, which this LSU team has become one of the great offensive teams in the history of college football. Maybe the best since the Nebraska triplets of Rozier and Turner Gill and Irving Fryer of Tom Osborne and the uh, 
you know, way back in the days of the halcyon days of Nebraska greatness. Uh, so uh, this is a very special LSU team, but that'll be a fascinating game. We'll have a lot of time to, to review uh, what happened in the NFL and get ready for the NFL's championship Sunday and look at that championship game that'll come your way on uh, Monday night. So a big football weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and then the championship game in college on Monday. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We will see you Uh, on Radio.com and on the fan next Monday, 5 on Radio.com, 6 on the fan. Enjoy your football weekend, everybody. Uh, As we said, it should be fun. Enjoy it.